I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Hello and welcome to yet another Spool Film Podcast. So we're at number 105, if anyone's keeping track. And I'm Nigel Wheatley and I'm here, as always, with Pork McGill. Hi, how's it going? And on the slate today, the, on the table today, um, we've got a slate of lots of uh, films that are both hits and misses that you might want to see in cinema right now, look at for on your streaming service or whatever. We've got Ryan Coogler's... Uh, superhero sequel Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever it might be the other way around I can't remember um, The Banshees of Inish Aaron The Wonder Bros All Quiet on the Western Front yeah I think that's enough for us to be getting on with a good we're starting to get into good cinema time again where it's coming into the winter Oscar a buzz probably have that annoying thing where there might be some things in the states that we won't get to see but yeah for the most part things are aligning and it seems like there's something each week that you can that you will be of interest for you anyway. So I guess we'll start off at the top, but we might dip into Wakanda Forever. So um, an almost impossible task to produce the film following the very sad and early death of T'Challa himself, who was the wonderful Chadwick Boseman. But the Marvel machine must keep generating money and movies and TV shows. And so they soldier on. And so here we are with a story that pays tribute to T'Challa, but also sets up a future for the franchise and opens up a f- the idea of a few spin-off TV series. Um, so I suppose, yeah, first of all, this was a weird experience. Yeah, it, it is kind of, it you does have, literally just hours yeah, ago. it does have the baggage of Chadwick's death. And I think it handles it well. I think with all Marvel films, you know, this will be, Potentially spoiler-ish. Um, yes, we will definitely t- talk about this as if you have seen it. So if you want to skip skip ahead, maybe yeah. six minutes, um, four minutes, producer, maybe. Eight. But yeah, it's very, um, it's too long like all Marvel films. And I think they do handle his death really well. And uh, a lot of it is about his sister and her not kind of dealing with his death at the start. She kind of throws herself into technology. I think that's an accurate enough representation where you can just be like, oh, distract yourself and you don't want to deal with it. And then it comes full circle at the end when she just kind of sits with herself on the beach kind of thinking about him. So I think they do that element very well. But it does. Yeah, the beginning and the end are, I thought, very moving, very, very well done. Mm -hmm. And they are the bits dealing with him and the legacy that... Left. there's an interesting avatar crossover which i didn't think yeah. james cameron so, would have given the sign up <laughs> did you just get the trailer for avatar the way of water the way i actually water? weirdly for me i timed it perfectly where i walked into okay. the like the sensors thing on the yeah. screen so i got the trailer for avatar and then you arrive in uh you're watching the film and then all of a sudden you're like wait a minute is this the same thing because um, Prince N- Namor, his people are all basically blue, avatar-y, breathing-y kind of And then people. I wondered, and is it going to be... Like is obviously coming from, it's from crossover? A, um, but no, because it's No, it's a different world. Yeah, universes. I think this is just like, Namor has one of these like, oh yeah, there's loads of comic books, and they had to bring it in at some point. Um, I thought it wasn't dealt with... It wasn't a great villain, like because basically no. it was just like, oh, he can just do anything and everything, and a bit like, Superman. Uh, well, Superman, but also I saw Black Adam a, a couple of weeks ago as well that I'm not even going to talk about because it's very forgettable. But you know, The Rock, he's my mm. man, got to got to see. That's... But like that thing of like, oh, you're just kind of this impenetrable, all powerful person without any character development. We don't know much about where you're coming from. Mm. But then by the end, he's obviously a bit of an ally, and, and, and like in, that is like I suppose in way of a plot, it's um, vibranium is found under the sea in his realm. And all these other nations in the world are trying to find it. So because in the first film, 
Black Panther reveals this to the world, everyone's like, oh, what's this stuff? And yeah, and it was previously only in Wakanda making them as this yeah. phenomenon. So they kind of have to square up initially, but then, you know, become friends by the end of it. Um, so, yeah, like, it's entertaining, like, you know. Yeah, but there's loads. Of the, the meat of it, like, the actual plot to read it written down is really stupid. And, and you like, don't let's care take, about it Let's take the battle to the water. And you're like, you're going to put your whole army on a giant boat just to give your man and then keep him away from water. No one has ever tried this before. So I wasn't yeah. sold on that. But I still actually really enjoyed all of the bits around the film. Like seeing, and that's what people have said, lots of this sort of stuff that, like the film predominantly about women, um, predominantly mm. about uh, uh, black people and black culture. And the fact that that is just how it's made. Is, and there also is appears really to be a lesbian love story in it, which is so fleeting between two of the characters because it alludes to it. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they're a couple. Because in classic, you know, Disney Marvel stuff, we can't really allude to this. And then there's a like a second shot at the end where it's like, oh, I wonder if that's a thing. It's never. I'm not sure. But then Daniel Kaluuya's character, his wife, who just isn't in this, uh, I can't remember her name, uh, isn't. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, like, yeah, he just isn't there. So I don't know. Is that one of the people? Anyway, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of modern things. That's all great. But yeah. so I like being in in that world. But the actual story, bit crap. So mm. it was a solid three stars for me and i enjoyed going to see the whole yeah movie. it is kind of like i i don't know i'm kind of wondering like what is the last marvel film i'm gonna see they keep managing to draw me in where i'm like oh yeah okay i'll go and see this it's been a bad run yeah it, to be fair the i last think it Thor is on it yeah yeah the last Thor was terrible yeah we'll 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 see the spider-man films are usually the better ones anyway mm. out of five I think I gave it like two and a half. So is that a recommendation? Is um, two and a half or like that's completely neutral? It's like yeah, hit or miss. It's too long. So like judge for yourself if you have two and a half hours, three really. Go for when it. you're taking trailers, sure, go for it. All right. Um, so next up, uh, I can pick another one then that's currently in the cinema and available. I think on some of the YouTube um, streaming things. Anyway, it's been in the cinema recently. We know that much. Um, Bros or initially. I thought this was Bross, and I thought it was a documentary about <laughs> Bross. Bad name for the film, but anyway, this is um, what they're billing it is as the first major studio gay romantic comedy. So it didn't feel entirely brand new, but then when you realize the amount of money um, that went into it and the cast and everything, you realize, oh yeah, no, this is very important that this Land is happening. Um, yeah, so Billy Eichner and Nicholas Stoller. And I think Judd Apatow is also one of the producers, I think. So anyway, they've mm. combined as a, as a trio. Bill, Billy Eichner is the main star in it. And people are recognize him from Billy on the Street. Yeah, and Parks and Recreation and just generally being yeah. annoying, shouty. Uh, Accosting people on the street yeah. is kind of his thing. Um, anyway, it's a very traditional, formulaic romantic comedy, but it's kind of nice. The fact that it's it's gay, it's very raw and real in terms of showing what like dating culture is like like and makes enough jokes in the film about oh we need to be more than just the gay wedding or the gay best friend scene where they tick the box that it shows the reality of like what um dating and hookups and like all of that sort of stuff um tops bottoms all these compatibility mm. question marks it's just like it's so refreshing in that way they're all an incredibly easy nice screen presence it's a mm. bit silly and light but it's kind of meant to be silly yeah and light, so. i thought it was really like it's very funny like it's very kind of laugh out loud moments in it and it kind of trundles along at a nice pace um like phenomenally diverse yeah thing in that they're opening lg an lgbtq plus history museum in new york and like the committee for that is like uh 
a who's who of I don't want to say box ticking diversity in a in a bad way. I actually mean that in a like they have their capture very inclusive yeah. the, the culture there, which in reality a lot of the other institutions no it is and it's struggle yeah. to, to cover all the bases yeah. like they're the, like the main cast yeah. and in, in as you say in other films they're just kind of like oh here's the kooky friend who's you know yeah. so it's or really you might nice get not a like, lesbian yeah get a trans character yeah but yeah. like i don't know i just really really yeah. enjoy that so luke mcfarlane plays the romantic kind of lead the partner in any it. relation to seth mcfarlane we don't know. Uh, i didn't google it yet but okay. it's really funny because a running joke in the film is it's not the hallmark channel because they obviously didn't want to get sued but it's it's a play on that but uh luke has starred in like 15 hallmark movies <laughs> Um, which I thought was really funny. Um, He's a nice screen presence. Yeah, yeah. it's very good. Very funny, funny. Funniest bit is probably Billy Eichner going down the bros route of uh, deep voice going to the gym. And yeah. Thing, and, uh, kind of. and it is kind of a pity because Billy Eichner tweeted when it came out, it cost like $22 million and only made about five, I think, in the cinema. And he was kind of like, oh, you know, the kind of, the cinema people have spoken like they don't really want to see this or they aren't up for it or and i suppose it is maybe it is a tough sell so like that's why i would encourage people to watch it is really funny and hopefully it'll come on one of the big streaming platforms so people will yeah, kind of get to see it phenomenal business if it if it gets like a netflix and it's, it's definitely really i don't think it's marketing think. yeah i think the title doesn't work i think the marketing it looks like i don't know the full monty or something the poster is two guys uh, hands in each other's back, back pocket pockets. and it just actually it actually doesn't reflect the film. Why not put, like, put the pair of them in it? Like, I just thought it's bad from a marketing point of view. So I think Billy needs to have a word with, with the department. With the team. That's my thought. But anyway, yeah, enjoyed it. I don't know. I can't remember. Maybe three and a half stars. Something like I'll that. give it four. Nice. Yeah. Four. Yeah. As mm. I say, like, it's, there's something comforting about the fact that it's just grand. Yeah. And, in, and all that. Uh, a double header next kind of tackle two films that are... Close to home. Very different, but kind of set in same and would have maybe the same gripe about them so first is the newer of the two it's the wonder um it's technically still in cinemas i think you could yeah, go see it in the lighthouse only yeah. this week i think and it's also on no, netflix. only on netflix this week and yeah. has been in the cinema since oh yeah for about two and a half mm. weeks sorry I got it wrong. so it stars french pew who plays an english nurse who comes over to ireland has been requested to come over to ireland in it's like 1870s. 1857 or something like that it's not too long after the famine oh. And um, maybe 10 years have passed and to bear witness and to watch uh, a child who hasn't eaten supposedly in 40 days and they want to see like, is this a miracle that, you know, God's love is, you know, sustaining her or whatever, or if there's some trickery or fault and she's been like smuggled food. Uh, So it's her as a nurse and then another nurse who is a nun as well who watch. So it kind of has this. A very old-fashioned, I think, Irish kind of portrayal of, you know, religion and faith and, oh, science and, you know, there's none of this and how everyone succumbs to it and is part of it. It looks lovely. Uh, it's a novel by Emma Donoghue and she co-wrote the script as well for the film. I don't know, I found it quite jarring. There's, this is a spoiler as well. So the film opens. Ha, I don't on, think it is a spoiler because the yeah, opening shot. Opens on a movie set. It's stupid. And then it cuts to, oh, we are now in the film. And the second, when you've seen as, now to be Ponzi, when you've seen as many films as, you know, people have, and you can 100% guarantee that the end shot of the film is going to be a scene like that and then they pull out to reveal that they're back on a set. And like, I've heard some people commentate to be like, it shows how you 
suspend your disbelief and believe in this. But I was like, this is so ridiculous. It totally pulls you out of the movie. And you're just like, this is nonsense. Like, And there's another pointless thing halfway through the film that alludes to it. And you're like, what is this? Like, Yeah, I thought it was a weird device for definitely. Yeah. Like for no real benefit. But it's, yeah, imagination, stories, some of this kind of thing. So I don't know. It's I've thought about it more and I've enjoyed thinking about it more than I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, and it's quite, I won't give away the story or the twist or whatever. It's quite bleak, so it was just like, oh, this is, you know, no. I'm She's brilliant in it. Like, Florence, Florence Hugh has everyone, yeah. blah, 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 and Don't Worry Darling is her other one that's still in cinemas. So mm. she's very much of the moment, and this is a really good performance. Um, but I think another, much like maybe some other films that we might talk about, it'll probably connect more with a non-Irish audience, because mm. I don't think it's actually that positively representing no i think that is it it is kind of like and it does stick in your craw as much as you like to be like oh no the fact that she is playing an english nurse who comes over and is all like well you're kind of like piss off like you know there is a bit of that like ah you know no but it it does have nice commentary on the whole she's getting ignored for being a woman and there's a whole male council and there's an interesting thing at the end where they kind of absolve themselves of any wrongdoing and i was like oh that's very good has a nice kind of supporting cast and by the way you won't be paid sorry yeah yeah just has a line where you're just like what like it has toby jones kieran hines um dermot crowley you see lots of father ted people in it um yeah it's it's you know didn't kind of hit home trivia 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 do we have the same bit of trivia the journalist tom burke oh no give me yours so tom burke who plays the journalist in it also played orson welles and mank Ah, very good. Very yeah. Good. What's your trivia? Um, the daughter and the mother are real life daughter and mother. Ah, very good. There you go. Yeah. It's a, which is rare. Mm-hmm. Didn't know too much about that. Yeah, the daughter was pretty good. First time. Um, for, uh, it's also screen. directed by um, Sebastian Lejo. I probably pronounced that wrong, but I haven't seen any of his other. He's quite, he's one of the Chilean um, kind of post um, wave directors and uh, has meant to have many previous accomplished films but I haven't seen any that are very strong female things so you know this one didn't really resonate with me but to kind of tie in then with another kind of Irish film set in the past Banshees of Inish and yeah two of the big biggest releases the last yeah, month both being set here which also kind of has a bit of if people don't like it one of the things they seem to be saying about it is oh it's a bit stage Irishy and bigara and bigosh but I kind of think it handles it in a not in a lot more enjoyable way or kind of it's directed by martin mcdonough written by martin mcdonough stars colin farrell and brendan gleason have kind of reteamed from in bruges and kerry condon and barry keown that kind of completes the main kind of four characters so pork is played by colin farrell and colin did you by connect Brent. with it there being a film the pork yeah it was great yeah 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 so it was kind of funny we watched when uh we were listening to uh uh, rival podcast this builds you know film uh, the big picture and they had seen the film but they couldn't pronounce the word pork because they'd obviously heard it in the film then saw it written down and were like padrig it was very annoying um anyway so siobhan plays colin farrell's sister she's brilliant in carrie condon because the device of the film is that brendan gleason wants to break up with colin farrell he wants to end yeah. their friendship friend divorce yeah i've i've read about these and i'm i'm interested yeah um, and it's an interesting concept, I think, for any film. And then the fact that it's two men, it kind of adds an extra dynamic where Colin Farns is like, well, like, let's just keep talking forever. Like, what's it? And Brendan's like, no, he wants to compose his 
great work of art um, and music. He's and he's the, he is the more intelligent, the more cultured, the more yeah. worthy man, I suppose. Mm. Like, um, and it kind of has that classic thing of Colin Farrell is a nice person. So it's just like... Yeah. But a little bit nice, old school bit, simpleton um, yeah. sort of would be how they, the yeah. village. Simpleton. So it kind of says that like, you know, nobody any remembers anybody nice if you have to be troubled or like that to make any great artwork and stuff like that. I think the film looks great. It's a really quiet film. Went to see it in Cineworld and I was a bit dubious because Cineworld audience can be a bit raucous at times, but really held it together for the film. As usual, Martin McDonough stuff is quite funny. Yeah, the music is shocking sorry, at when times. you say quiet, you mean like... The sound. There's very, yeah. Island. Yeah, and the music is very sparse. Mm. It. Yeah, it did, because like the, the islands sound kind of noisy very often, but then if you're on top of a kind of a cliff, like there's a particular, there's mm. a weird deadness to the air that yeah. you did capture. I didn't think about that. Mm. Uh, so I thought it was very funny, um, quite poignant too, kind of sad, because you do really feel for Colin's character. And then the turn at the end where you're just like, oh, yeah. Now, it's set against the Irish Civil War, in the background kind of a bit heavy-handed at times but other times i didn't notice some of the things like there was a painting of a letterbox that didn't really dawn on me till after the film yeah and they sort of it's happening on the mainland so therefore it doesn't really have any impact on them but you know in the background there'll be explosions and people battling with each other so it obviously is one of these background things mm. um sounds like yeah so i you know the story of me i saw this with Colin and fell asleep midway through so sort of drifted through in my this occasionally happens like dreamy mode for act two and then into the start of act three and um, but I don't think I missed too much but I don't know it has definitely affected my recall of the film yeah. so I need to sit down and watch it again I thought it was funnier than maybe I thought it would be like then it maybe yeah then it had any right to be um and it does kind of have that very dark humor at times yeah but I, I'm not, I, I just didn't, it didn't click with me in the same way when I saw, um, after seeing In Bruges, you were just like, that was a masterpiece. I can see myself quoting yeah. that, going back to that film forever and ever. But I didn't feel I had that walking out of this. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I think I, it's weird. I kind of do want to go see it again because the first time, I think there's lots of small bits hidden in it. Looks fantastic as well. Like really, really good. And like to the the Wonders credit as well, it also looks brilliant. Um but just the way they handle certain things, it was like, ah, I'd much rather, rather watch The Banshees of Inisherin again. Yeah. Tipped for a lot of stuff, like Martin will probably definitely get a... And Colin Farrell is the more leading actor. Yeah, so I think he'll get... I would have said they're both yeah. leading, but... Probably get film. Has done phenomenally well in America. They're all raving yeah. about it. The, That's what I mean, like that. The grow for the Irish-American thing more, is still there. Yeah, and that sort of, I don't know... Romanticizing, romanticizing, yeah, of like yeah. the in War of Independence, the famine, and that kind of era, mm. and then we're looking at it a bit like. Hmm. Mm. But I suppose it is a slightly bit more honest in that it does start out as a bit of a tourist ad, and then yeah. it's just like, yeah, but we're all miserable, yeah, and like the sister has to escape the island. Yeah, she's absolutely brilliant. Barry Cohan really annoyed me again. Oh, I Did actually you enjoy him in this. Yeah, because like now, he, he kind of has. I was just like, you are meant to play this kind of character. He's perfect in it. I think you know. And his, it's so heartbreaking. It's so sad, his stuff in it, like, you know. Um, so, that's yeah, so that's, that's still that's in the cinema. I think that'll yeah. be in the cinema for a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But apparently Colin won't win the Oscar. Brent, okay. Brendan Fraser seems to be a lock for his film. All right, The that, Whale. The Whale, which we haven't seen yet. All right, very good. Um, anything else then that 
caught your eye or I've got one from Netflix if you want go for it yeah well it's actually only a recommendation you haven't seen it's called The Stranger Thomas M. Wright um, I directed I don't want to talk about it too much um, mainly because the less you know about it the the better but it's incredibly creepy Um, it's about a guy going undercover um, but like going in slightly crazy when he goes undercover to track this Mm. other guy um Australian, Australian? Kind of yeah, yeah. Joel Edgerton, um, and highly recommend watching it. Turn all the lights off. Um, you mm. don't need, you know, it's, it's one that's on Netflix. It's called mm-hmm. The Stranger. Another so. Netflix recommendation. Uh, I just finished watching it this morning. All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, again, I had seen it in the cinema, saw the ads for it. I was like, oh, I'd love to catch that. Um, disappeared and popped up on Netflix straight away. And I was like, oh, brilliant! Didn't even know it was a Netflix film. Um, written. Um, it's a 1929 novel by Eric uh, Remerick. I'm not pronouncing that right either. Apologies to all our German listeners. Um, and it's about a soldier's experience in First World War, the Great War, um, which the author um, partook in as well. And uh, it's very, very good. It's incredibly bleak, as you would expect, but does the trench warfare, warfare fantastically. And kind of the comparison to like, you know, the thing everyone would have seen in Blackadder goes forward. The generals just in their, you know, high towers with their amazing food and cleanliness and all, everything at their beck and call, juxtaposed with the trenches is just um, horrific, you know. Amazing performances for, like, a lot of actors I wouldn't know. Um, and the music is fantastic in it. It's so sparse. It's very strange music in that it's very sparse and then there'll be, like, a beat and you're like, oh, is a song coming? And there'll be a couple of seconds of a pause and it'll be the same beat. It's a real industrial, like, drone or something. Yeah. But I thought it was really effective. But not Hans Zimmer-esque no. Inception, kind of. But, like, yeah, mm. heavy, heavy. Um, yeah, I really liked it as well. The um, <laughs> Like, you're sort of, you have to gear yourself up to go back to mm. World War One as a, as a framing. Uh, I think it's possibly, uh, this might sound sexist, it seems like it'll be quite a masculine film. Um, yeah. It's not passing any Bechdel tests. No, but, but that was of the, of yeah. its time, wasn't it? There's an amazing because at the start in some of the opening scenes, you're a bit like, "Oh, this is a bit saving Private Ryan." But it does a fantastic but, scene where, it, and that is like that kind of propaganda thing of really happy and let's head off to war. Like that is because mm. Peter Jackson did that documentary with the kind of recordings, and everyone heading off to war was so oblivious to the reality, and they thought it'd be mm. great crack, and. Um, the camaraderie and the brotherhood and all that so i do think mm. is that what you're talking about with the seven there's that right? and the yeah. yeah and kind of a bit of the slow motion and some of the opening battles and the like ear stuff but it does a brilliant scene where soldier dies and then it kind of tracks what happens to him where his uniform is taken and then it's washed to get all the blood out of it and then it goes to another place well, to I, be fixed and then it eventually goes to be used for another soldier and that's, and that's kind one of, of our lead guys though, yeah isn't it? yeah and he picks up his thing saying um, oh, this is someone else's uniform. Yeah, it's a mark on it mm. or something. Yeah, and it's that kind of stuff where you're like, "Oh, there was a stitch, and he ripped yeah, it out." Yeah, you, you don't yeah. really think of this, but it. So the small touches of like that are just amazing. So, it's on Netflix, and it's, you know, I watched it. I'll be honest, I watched it in two sentences, kind of broke it up, but it, it still worked yeah. and kind of have, long, helped me. It? Yeah, yeah, it's about another two forty, but um, yeah, fantastic. So that. Of everything, I think if you're going to see something, I'd say watch All Quiet on the Western yeah, Front. and I'd say The Stranger. And one other one that's still in the cinema, and it's had a good run of a couple of weeks at this stage, is Barbarian. 
Um, it's mainly... I'm surprised you hadn't seen it as a kind Hoping of a horror. Hoping to catch it. It's still... The cinema yeah. times are a mess. The premise is wonderful. Uh, basically, a woman in Detroit arrives there for a job interview conference kind of thing. Drives there late at night. She has booked an Airbnb in an abandoned... You know, one of these rundown neighborhoods. Best value. There's not many hotels for because there's a big conference thing on. And so uh, she arrives there. Lockbox is... You know, she punches in the number, opens it, there's no key. And she's like, what? Where am I going to go? Like, this is a really creepy area. And then goes back to her car, freaks out, tries to ring around, and then realizes, oh, there's someone already in the house. And, I mean, for me, that's like enough of a premise. Because obviously all this Airbnb Mm. thing that we do, we just sort of trust. And you hear these horror stories about... Hidden cameras. People putting cameras in and everything like that. Um, So anyway, you then become suspicious of that person. Um... And then you you see what happens. I hear but it's then a maybe slow burner kind of. Uh, yeah, it it it. What's that phrase? Turns on a dime. Maybe midway. It, there's a few giant jumps um, in terms of what is happening and who's yeah. on screen and stuff like that. So the less maybe you know about it beyond that initial setup, the better. Mm. Yeah, hoping to still so catch it in the cinema. Yeah, um, and again, one to be seen in the cinema if mm. you if you can. So that's kind of it. I don't know. Is there anything then you're looking forward to that isn't cinema? We should acknowledge that. Like, there's obviously dozens of worthy kind of things. Yeah, we've fallen stuff, well behind. Yeah, being, stuff is coming out thick and fast. You know. Yeah. Um, Glass Onions, the sequel to Knives Out, and Netflix have done that funny thing that they do sometimes, uh, where you can't watch Knives Out on Netflix at the moment. Yeah, same thing they did with Avatar, where it was just kind of gone from Disney and it landed in the cinema and everything like that. But yeah. anyway, I th- yeah, December twenty third. For Glass Onion. So yeah, Glass Onion is coming out December, this yeah. weekend, and I think, uh, yeah. to see in cinemas. And um, it's a sequel to Knives Out, um, the Daniel Craig vehicle, I suppose, kind of um, Poirot-esque. Can't remember the name of his thing, the character. Anyway, but yeah, a friend... Le- LeBlanc. Oh, yeah. Um, a friend said a while ago, told me when, you know, anytime you watch uh, a murder thing like this, the killer is always the most famous person in the film. And it kind of tracks with Knives Out to who the killer was at the time. Um, so now from watching the trailer for Glass Onion, I'm like, oh, there's a few big people in this. So I'm like, grand, I'm not like Ed Norton's in it. Um, no, not what's his name? He plays the guy in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Gamora. He used to be a wrestler. I want to say Batista. Dave but, Batista. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. He's in it too. Who's um, in it? Oh, Dave Batista. Dave Batista's in it. And Dan- Daniel Craig, obviously, Ed Norton. So, yeah, kind of that's out this weekend. So, looking forward to that. Yeah. And the, so, it's in cinema for a month. And then there's oh, no cool. rule book. Like, it's so impossible to work out what's showing up where. Mm. The Jennifer Lawrence thing that I sent you the message about that showed up on Apple, um, that she's getting loads of awards, but I can't even remember what it's called. That doesn't seem to have even had yeah. a cinema run. Um, so, again, very hard to to see like where the dust is going to settle Paul Meskel's After Sun that's out this week so neither of us have got to see it but hopefully we will um, in the next few days and yeah it just seems to be non, non-stop and we'll get into Oscar silly season soon which is great yeah. yeah so that's mostly it we will be back with another podcast probably in about I don't know maybe three weeks four weeks recapping the year Get that your, was uh, like the very broken up year ready. Yeah. yeah a solid year like everyone almost thinks like oh it's a shit year for film but like Possibly no, there's seen so one much of my there of the that year whatever the you, yeah. whatever content you're into, you will find yeah. some worthy. You can definitely see now. 10 good films this year. Yeah. So that's about it. Um, all right. See you.
I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Cut it out. Chocolate! It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it? <laughs>